Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. This is the 19th Tee Podcast. Kieran Marsh, Nathan Drudy, back with you for another week. Drew's to golf happening all across the world over the weekend. We had, of course, Siwoo Kim breaking through for his third win on the PGA Tour on the West Coast. We had a fantastic finish on the LPGA. Tyrrell Hutton adding to his extremely resounding last six to eight months on the European Tour. Uh, Darren Clark, a winner on the Champions Tour, and competition golf back in Australia. So all happening over the last few days. Mate, how's things? Yes, it's been a uh, it's been a big few days of golf. Uh, plenty of interesting storylines to come out. Some fantastic finishes on the uh, LPGA and the PGA Tour. But uh, very pleased to be here in the uh, in the ears of our listeners once again for what's only I don't know how many episodes we've recorded this year. It hasn't been that many. We've pushed Ooh. out a few, but hasn't we haven't recorded a heap. This might, be a, this might be number two. Yeah, I think, it actually two might, I think it might be, in fact. But very exciting, very excited to be here and, uh, and, and be chatting golf once again with you. Which means it's only the second time this year, Dreads, that we have opened a beer, thanks to our great friends at Gage Roads Brewing Company, WA's premier independent brewery for more than 15 years, named after the strip of ocean that separates Rottnest and Frio, and of course, the official beer of the 19th Tea Podcast, as the golf, uh, as the dog, sorry, goes berserk in the background. Excellent timing. I'm cracking open a pipe dog, Is that your dog or the dog that lives next door to me? Oh, that's my dog. Oh, um, hello, Jackson. Dog having, yeah, Jacko having his say. Uh, so we'll just pop up in the old pipe dream streets and hopefully Jacko shuts them up. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone the single fin. This ah, time good around. Uh, changing it up. That's good. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, the perfect beer for summer is the old single fin. Um, perfect beer to raise to our winner in Seawork Kim on the PGA Tour as well. Uh, you know, a, a pretty... Pretty enthralling finish, to be honest. Unbelievable. So, I, I mean, I don't think that I would be alone. I said this to you uh, earlier today, and I, and I think many of our listeners probably would be saying this to themselves. Who is Siwoo Kim? Uh, so we're going to get into that in just a few moments. But to your point, Drew, it's a, a remarkable victory uh, at the PGA West Private Clubhouse and Golf Courses, uh, the American Express Tournament, uh, one of our favourites. Of course, it was this time last year that we were – reveling in the architectural expertise of Pete Dye, who takes mm. uh, some pleasure in the pain of players, uh, which we love as spectators, of course, is to see players suffer. And it is uh, a remarkably challenging course at the best of times, the stadium course there at PJ West. Not so for a handful of players uh, over the weekend. Siwoo Kim primarily uh, one of those, holding his nerve droods for the one-shot victory over a fast-finishing Patrick Cantlay to uh, register, as we said, his third career victory on the PGA Tour. Mm, yeah, I, I think uh, well, we, this is a good time to insert this quote that I saw today where you're talking about the um, the toughness of the golf course that Pete Dye designed. Of course, the, the, the bunker, um, the 19-foot bunker is obviously what everyone knows. I saw this quote today uh, from the fried egg. Uh, guys that said in 1987, this is a quote from Tom Watson, I'm sick and tired of these courses. It requires you to execute shots that no sane golfer should be expected to play. 
fast forward to 2021 and see where Kim fires 66, 67, 64 to make zero bogeys in the final three rounds. So time has really changed uh, for you, Tom. But <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, he played, see where Kim uh, flew home. Today, uh, finished with a very clutch birdie on, on 17 with Patrick Cantlay, um, you know, firing an 11 under, which is, is phenomenal in and of itself to be sitting on the range, doing a bit of chipping, getting ready for the, the playoff. And uh, a birdie on 16, a birdie on 17 was uh, was all that was needed by Siwoo Kim and uh, made a very easy par on 18 to walk off with another win, win number three. I said this to you earlier as well, Drews, before we started recording. Uh, we obviously, uh, well, we sleep on Sea Weekend because he's been in the wilderness uh, since becoming the youngest ever winner of the Players' Championship back in 2017 at the age of 21. He's done very little since, but the headlines for uh, at least male Korean golf at, at this point in time is obviously Sung Jae-im and, and Benny Ahn. Mm. But the depth, Drews, I mean, we often and have um, wax lyrical on this podcast about the ridiculous depth of South Korean women's golf. Um, mm. The hardest team, harder than the Australian cricket team is to get onto the uh, women's Olympic team for South Korea when it comes to golf. But the men, Drudes, I mean, to have arguably the third best player in your country uh, win, not necessarily in convincing fashion from a scoreboard perspective, but the commanding golf that he played over those final three bogey-free rounds mm. against a world-class field, the depth in South Korean male golf, phenomenal. Yes, absolutely. And as I said to you, CJ, the company, Monopoly on the three. Wow. On the, on the South Korean golfers coming out of uh, coming out of Seoul or wherever they might be coming out of, they slap a logo on them as soon as their feet are on the tarmac in the US, don't they? It's like a dairy farm is branding them as they leave the country and head off to you know greener pastures around the world to represent... South Korea, everywhere they go, they have the CJ logo. For, for those who might not know, Dreads, what, what is CJ into in South Korea? We were looking it up before. They're into everything. Mm. <laughs> they do not everything. Unsurprising. Bit of a yeah. finger in every pie type situation. Yes, it is. Uh, South Korean conglomerate holding uh, company headquarters in Seoul. It comprises numerous businesses in various industries of food and service, pharmaceuticals, biotechnology, entertainment, media, home shopping, and logistics. So really, um, really covering all bases is CJ. Um, mm. Great word, and, conglomerate. Yeah, great word, conglomerate. And a net income of uh, $1.71 billion uh, in 2018. So things going well for, uh, for CJ, CJ Corporation uh, headquartered, in, headquartered in Seoul there. Just to uh, digress a moment to give people uh, who, like myself, weren't overly familiar with the Siwoo Kim story, mm. or as he's referred to at home, Kim Siwoo, <laughs> Uh, so born uh, 28 June 1995, only 25 years of age, Drudes. Mm, looks so older. Much, doesn't he? So much golf ahead of him. Uh, finished tied for 20th at the 2012 PGA Tour Q School. He was only 17 and a half years old mm. at the time, became the youngest player ever to graduate from the PGA Tour's Q School. Uh, played in seven web.com tour events in 2013, making four cuts he obviously graduated to uh, the web.com tour again in 2014 making 15 of 19 cuts including a third place finish at the cleveland open won his first web.com tour event now the corn ferry tour the year after in 2015 at the stonebreak classic in july and then he won for the first time on the pga tour at the Wyndham championship in 2016 
before going on to win, as I said, the 2017 Players' Championship, being beating Ian Poulter and Louis Oosthuizen by three shots with a bogey-free 69 in his final round and repeating the youngest ever winner of the Players at 21 years of age. His third win, Drudes, came in a sudden-death playoff. Uh, sorry, no, <laughs> sorry. Pause. That was uh, that was a loss. The sudden death player of the RBC Heritage back in 2018. His third win was, of course, uh, today. The American Express at La Quinta, California. Getting a little ahead of myself, I had him in there for four. But that's his that's his backstory. I mean, a guy that's really been nowhere mm. in the last three years uh, since that player's win, uh, but clearly an incredibly talented golfer. And to your point, to go bogey free in the final three rounds on that course, unbelievable. Yeah. It is quite phenomenal. Uh, he's he's represented uh, the internationals at the Presidents Cup in 2017 too, so he would have been pretty bloody young when he was doing that, 22 years old or something. So he's um, he's certainly he's certainly a. Um, I mean, in many ways, he's a forgotten man, as you mentioned about with all the other talent coming out of South Korea. But I think people have also uh, at the time when he won the players, he was very much touted as being you know, this next great talent um, and, and everyone had seen what he'd done on the, on the Corn Ferry Tour and in the qualifying schools and, and to come out and win the fifth major as, uh, as it's commonly known. Um, it was very impressive to everyone and then really just fallen away for the last three years. Uh, there's, there's no, uh, I mean, he hasn't had that many decent results and then um, occasionally pops up on a leaderboard. And I must admit, I was very surprised when I saw his name uh, close to the top of the leaderboard um, this morning, uh, when I was when I tuned in, um, but four rounds in the sixties, very consistent golf, and um, to, to I think what was most impressive, you know, obviously that putt on seventeen to take the lead, which wasn't an easy putt in in any Stones. way. Stones, yeah, Stones. yeah, and um, and after that, uh, all he had to do was make a par on eighteen and, and played it really safe, and and uh, and away he went. And I mean, look, I, I felt a little sorry for Patrick Cantlay, but also it was nice to see. Um, Nice to see, see we were uh, holding the trophy. Which, look, to be honest, the trophy nah, could have been better. Personally, just the, uh, the 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 weekly trophy rate from myself. I the, thought, uh, yeah, yeah, the weekly critique of the trophy. We certainly have seen better. Yeah, I think safe to say. Yeah, could have done better. Can I just say two more things on Siwoo yes. Kim or Kim Siwoo uh, before we we move on? Uh, much like his his countrymen. Uh, Sung JM, a favourite of this podcast, still has the threat of uh, obligatory uh, national military service hanging mm-hmm. over his head, mm-hmm. which is quite remarkable. I mean, if we were to put ourselves in 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 the shoes of, it's literally it's conscription, it's mandated national military service for a period of I think it's one or two years in South Korea, mm-hmm. um, and there are very very few exemptions. Like that, that is so foreign to people who grew up here in Australia. But like mm. we, we talk about the conscription of the First and Second World War as if it was a different millennia, let alone, you know, it being a reality, you know, just a few thousand kilometres away in parts of Asia. So that, that to me is phenomenal that they are able to maintain, you know, themselves on this tour with that hanging over their head. Mm. Uh, secondly, Drew, it's his, his, his effort to step off the green um, only his third win ever in his career, his first in three years, the emotion that must have been running through his his body and to summon himself to speak uh, a fairly coherent English. And I, I don't say this to make a joke. Seriously, if you go back and watch him 
post winning the 2017 players, he spoke Korean with a translator. Mm-hmm. Uh, English is well and truly his second language. Uh, and I'm not sure, obviously, whether it's a it's a COVID piece or he decided that he was confident enough not to have a translator with him this week. But for whatever reason, he stepped up to the plate and spoke in in, in English post round, and that should not be underestimated and and deserves uh, you know some some acknowledgement by fans of the game who who truly underestimate how difficult that probably is in such an emotional moment. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That's very well put, Marshy. Very well put. Good week for the South Koreans, just quietly. I'm just having a look through the, um, the leaderboard. Siwoo wins it. Benny Ahn finishes T8 and Sung Jae finishes T12. So, mm. good week all round. CJ, uh, getting their exposure. They've, they've made their money back. Might I, uh, might I suggest, Roots, that uh, Trevor Immelman, of course, the impending captain of the President's Cup international team, probably kept a close eye mm. on uh, on this tournament over the weekend because we will, uh, of course, work our way through the leaderboard. But now that you've brought it up, you had Aussie Cam Davis finishing outright third. You had Abraham Answer finishing T5, uh, the three Koreans in the top eight. Mm. So there's uh, there's good signs there, Droots. There really, is. really good signs uh, for the the... I suppose the rematch, I don't know that it'll ever be as good for us as what it was in our backyard at Royal Melbourne. Mm. Um, but when we go to Canada, I believe, is it Montreal? Yep. Montreal, yeah. Yeah, for the uh, the next version of the President's Cup, uh, we have a lot of young, exciting talent in the international team, not least of which uh, he wasn't uh, to be seen near the top of the leaderboard this week, but uh, Joaquin Neiman coming off a, a T2 and outright second in Hawaii yeah. for the first two tournaments of the year. He looked outstanding as well. So yes. some really exciting talent pumping through the international ranks of the President's Cup in a couple of years. We do digress, however, because we need to speak about the man who came second, a man who we've been uh, critical of mm-hmm. on this podcast, a man who we have said more than once needs to either um, shit or get off the pot, um, a man who just last week in our uh, in our 100th episode, or sorry, a week or two ago in our 100th episode, I said it was less of a chance of winning a major before Matthew Wolf uh, shot a record a course record equaling 61 today um to race home and finish an outright second and that's patrick cantlade roots mm, very very good round of golf today uh i mean he'll be looking he'll be looking back on uh on his second round particularly at the fifth hole the par five where he made a double bogey by hitting it into the water uh with with much with much sadness, Marshy, because that mm. would have that double bogey's cost him him the tournament. Everything else, uh, everything else was very, very good from uh, from Paddy C over the, over the four days. Really, it was just that uh, double bogey that that really hurt him. Today was uh, exceptional golf, very, very clinical. I think is the the word that's starting to resonate with me with Paddy C is clinical. Uh, he he just kind of goes about his business as he as he does, uh, but he's playing some very good golf in very good form. Uh, and uh, I know that we are four months away from the Masters, but if he keeps playing away, playing like that, then uh, there's no reason to, to, to suggest that why he couldn't win a major, Marshy, if he keeps holding up the form that he does. You just look at him today. Uh, to, to start off his front nine was par, birdie, par, birdie, 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 par, birdie, birdie. He went out in 30. He came home with par, birdie, par, birdie, par, birdie, birdie, par, birdie. Came yeah. home in 31. Yeah. Like that, 
to your point, clinical, methodical, cold, calculated, everything you see in guys that go on to win big tournaments. Mm. There's no fuss about Patrick Cantlay. There's nothing fancy about his game. He's just stone cold. And yeah. we saw that again today. He, uh, yeah, he was, you never, I think he's a much better player chasing elite routes. You very rarely see Patrick Cantlay fly out of the blocks. We mm. always seem to see him fly home. I mean, illustrated no better than by the point that he made the cut on the number <laughs> yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Like that is absurd. Yeah. And was I think it was eighteen under eighteen under three's final two rounds. Yeah, no, it's quite phenomenal. Really, the way that he's uh, that he's that he's hitting the ball. I don't think he's probably ever hit the ball as well as he's, he is at the moment. Uh, of course, had that win um, not too not too rec- uh, not too long ago. Um, and I thought played really smart golf at times, as did Siwoo Kim. There were, uh, I mean, seventeen. Obviously, the Island Green is um, is obviously. Famed, I guess, in many ways, mm. uh, and uh, no, no one really attacked the pin, or neither Patrick or, or Seewoo Kim did attack the pin. They just kind of played safe and uh, and sort of um, took took their part. Well, Paddy C took his part. Seewoo Kim drained a, an enormous putt to, to birdie it, but uh, I think that was the difference between I'm um, you know, looking at someone a little bit further down the list, like a like a Finau or or, or, or Cam Davis. Um, who who uh, maybe went a little hard at times, but Patrick Cantlay, very very good form. You can't say much more than that. Moving on to our outride third place getter. What a weekend and save what a year really it has been this past. I won't say calendar year, um, sequential year of the last twelve months, uh, particularly through a difficult period uh, where golf was so interrupted by COVID. Has it been for? Cameron Davis. Mm. I mean, th- we speak about so many Aussies on the show, Dreads, whether they're on the PGA, the LET, the Asian tours. Cam Davis may well have been the most consistent Australian golfer, male or female, across this past year. He's played a lot of golf uh, and he played very well today. Again, um, obviously disappointing for, for him to, to fall short, um, needed to... Well, he needed to end up making another three birdies, but uh, had had he have made um, something, I mean, he only had two birdies on the back nine and and one in, uh, so he had birdies on eleven and fifteen. So he had a long period of time there where he was making pars. Uh, so I would have liked to see him be a little more attacking at times. Um, I think he he attacked, he potentially attacked at the wrong time today, uh, but he's he's playing ultra consistent golf and and as you mentioned um i mean having a look at some of his results he obviously had that t6 at the sanderson farms last year as well which um which leash won um and then 31st at the the sony open last week but for so he's had two rounds in 2021 and of the of the eight rounds uh sorry let me start that again. Two tournaments, eight rounds, seven of eight in the 60s, and the other one was a 70. So he's he's uh, 33 under par through two um, tournaments of golf. So he's um, he's playing very nicely at the moment. Projected to jump 64 spots in the FedEx Cup rankings into the 30s. Not that we care all that much about the FedEx Cup rankings, and there's a lot of water to go under the bridge in terms of golf left in this season, but... Mm. Given how consistent he plays, Drudes, if he can keep himself up there and get himself, you know, into the playoffs, we're talking about 
life-changing money. I mean, the purse for his outright third today was pretty impressive mm. and takes care quite easily of the rest of his year. But if he can go deep into the playoffs and remain in that kind of 30 range, sets himself up beautifully for the rest of the season. And as I said, I wouldn't necessarily be all that surprised given his level of consistency. I mean, already two top 10s this year. If you look back at last year, I mean, some of the way that he kind of finished the year, T12, T15, you mentioned that T6, he had a T9 as well in the year. Mm. So this is a guy that, I don't know, he doesn't make headlines, Cam Davis. Um, we don't seem to talk about him nearly as often as his his fellow countrymen on the PGA Tour who, save for probably Cam Smith, have more flashes of brilliance. I'm talking about Scotty, Leash, Jay Day. They're all that stage of their career where they'll f- they'll fly on courses that suit them. But outside of Cam Smith, I don't know that there's anyone as consistent from an Australian perspective as Cam Davis. No. It's just put together some really impressive golf in the last year. So really pleasing to see that rewarded with his best finish on the tour today. Yeah, um, his career earnings are only two and a half million, which is absurd for the amount of golf that the guy plays. I genuinely thought it would be a lot higher than that. Uh, so, fingers crossed, he can make his way through to the FedEx Cup playoffs and uh, and earn some cash because I think it's um, it's thoroughly deserved for a guy who's flown the flag pretty bloody well for Australia in the last twelve months. I would I would think. Uh, I know I know the others of all uh, minus J Day have all had a win, uh, but. Um, Cameron Davis is, is very much growing on me. Not that I didn't like the guy before, but he's very much growing on me and uh, flying the flag for Australia on the, uh, on the PGA Tour at the moment. Mm. Well done to Cameron Davis. We arrive at, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, we arrive at arguably the... And this is saying something because there's a few, but arguably the greatest enigma in world golf. And that is, is Tony Fenia. I'll ask you I'll get a question for you. Is he yes. the most frustrating player... Maybe take Jordan Spieth out. Is he the most frustrating player to be a fan of? Uh, do you know what? I might give you an answer that you don't expect. I'm going to say no. Who would you put ahead of him? Well, obviously Jordan Spieth. Uh, I, I, there's plenty of guys that I find more frustrating. I find John Rahm more frustrating. Uh, I f- I think it's because do you know why? And this is going to be this is going to be an indictment on Tony Fina, and it's going to sound uh, more a criticism than I mean it to be. But I don't necessarily know that he's all that disappointing because I don't know that I expect all that much. Mm. Mm. I've become attuned and accustomed to him competing without winning, mm. if that makes sense. And so I'm not all that surprised when, having led into the final day, he goes one over on the par fives today and even through his last eight holes mm. Mm. to fall away and finish fourth. But that yeah. doesn't surprise me. Well, for a guy who has such enormous length uh, to be to be playing the par five so poorly, um, it's, it's very poor. I mean, you've probably got the stat there. Um well, hit us with the stat around how many top tens. Two, two stats. Two yeah. stats. Th- these are phenomenal. And I think yeah. these speak to the issue because as far as I can see, Drudes, there's no real weakness in his game. He's long off the tee. He plays well with his irons. He's good with the putter in hand. There's no glaring weakness in the game. But there's an inability to grab a tournament by the hands and take it away. So there might be no glaring weakness, but there's no real strength that when 
His back's against the wall and he's got guys biting at his heel that he can fall back on. He knows this will take the tournament away. Illustrated no better than by these two stats. So since 2017 on the PGA Tour, most top 10s without a win. Tony Finau, 35. That's phenomenal. The next closest is Ben Arn with 16. Kevin Streelman also has 16. Tommy Fleetwood also has 16. And Louis Oosthuizen has 15. But Tony Finau has more than double the next worst person with the most top 10s without a win since 2017. 35. I'll go you one better, Druids. Heading into today's final round, he had been in the top five at the start of a fourth round 18 times for one win. <laughs> Make that 19 times for one win. And heading into today, of those 18 times he'd been in the top five, in his final round, he gained strokes on the field in 15 of those rounds. Make that 16 because he gained more than two strokes on the field today. So 16 of 19 rounds where he's been top five heading into the final round, he's gained strokes on the field and only managed to convert one of those into a win. Yeah. I, I don't, there's a lot to unpack with Tony Fenner because I really like him. I think... Uh, might be the nicest player in golf. Might yeah. well be. The and that might be his fucking problem. It is his problem. Like, there's no... I, I don't think that Tony Fenner has the killer instinct. Like, you look at Patrick Cantlay. Like, the bloke could be a dead-set serial killer, Patrick Cantlay. He's got all the demeanours of a bloke who loves chopping people up. I was literally about to say, Tony Finau is the antithesis. Yes. Antithesis, whatever that word is, he's that of Patrick Cantlay. And yes. I'm not saying Patrick Cantlay is a bad guy, but he doesn't seem like a nice guy. Yeah. Tony Finau could be the nicest person, as I said, in golf. Could be one of the nicest people you ever meet in your life. But nice guys finish second. Yeah. And I think, like, yeah, I don't know. I've got a lot of time for it. I really, really like Tony Fenner. Huge amount of time. I was just uh, thinking and wondering about, uh, I know you'll touch on Puerto Rico uh, and the, cur- the curse, because it could genuinely be a thing at the moment, <laughs> at the moment for poor Tony. Um, but I just wonder how much of his junior career or when he was 16, 17. I know the PGA Tour posted a video today, I think I was I saw, where he was on the range at the age of 17 and he was turning heads with how far he could have hit the ball. So Tony Finau never went to college. He got a whole bunch of scholarship offers to play basketball. I just wonder looking back on his career, if he looks back on it and wonders how formative those years where he opted to turn pro and go start playing in Canada, I think how how much of an impact that's had on his career because i think the college system the way that it's set up is it's so ultra competitive that for someone who doesn't experience that like what sort of what sort of impact does that have on on a player's career further down the track it's a it's a probably a um a question that we can't really provide an answer to and I'll, I'll might do some research into it, but I just wonder if there's anything, um, you know, that he, you know, not going to college and having that really competitive um, sudden death uh, experience for four years or three years or however long he wanted to go for um, how much of an impact that's had on his career to date. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Drew, and don't have, I suppose, a lot of data, um, you know, we look at someone like uh, the young Akshay Batia, who uh, has been getting 
sponsor exemption after sponsor exemption on the PGA Tour these past uh, 12 to 14, 16 months. He opted out of college, hasn't been making very many cuts. Um, it's a small sample size, I think, because so many guys, particularly guys coming out of the American system, obviously, uh, they might not have seen it all the way through with college, but they at least spent some time in the college system. Mm. I just think for Tony now, like we laughed for so long about the the curse of the Puerto Rico Open. Of course, it's been lifted by Victor Hovland with his win at the Maracoba uh, recently. But I think it maybe just papered over some cracks. Like, you know, Tony's only win on the PGA Tour is an alternate field event in Puerto Rico. Which, and which I think in its in its of itself is very interesting for a guy who is so highly ranked, so highly spoken about and regarded, and has the. Mm. I don't think I don't think you or I deny that that either of us have the most utmost respect for for Tony Finau, but his his game just doesn't seem like it's there at critical moments. Mm. Like I don't know if there's a lack of instinct to, to to realize that holy shit this is now now's the time that i need to hit the button now's the time i need to go or i, I don't know what it is but it's unbelievably frustrating right, for a guy right. who's who's finished in every, in a top 10 at every major he's played in president's cup he's gonna play in a Ryder cup like there's well he has played in a Ryder cup like it's it's bizarre really great competitor can't win yeah and it's now it's surely more than anything it's it's mental yeah, like the amount of scar the tissue, the amount of scar tissue, Drews, that must be there from going to the well so many times. 35 top 10s. Yeah. Since the beginning of 2017 without a win. 19 times in his career he's been top five heading into the final round for one win. Yeah. 16 of those occasions he gained strokes on the field in his final round. He still can't convert. Like It's mental now. And I, we don't know how deep that scar tissue goes. I, like, I said this to you before. Million dollars. <laughs> oh, he's fine. Oh, he's fine. Like, make no mistake. Anything short of winning, I'm sure, is excruciating for him because it's now a story, and it it revolves over and over itself, and it becomes an echo chamber. Like, he's fine. He, he's going to survive. He's very comfortable. But I don't know, Dreads. Like. How long does it go on for? Uh, like I, we joked about it, and, and I said to you before we started recording, Tony Fina might not ever win again. Potentially, I think, and, and I'm not I'm not uncomfortable in saying that because I, I think it's almost like the, the further away we get, the closer we get. You know, it's 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 just uh, it's inexplicable. Other than to say, there are some demons, serious mental demons, around the ability to convert. It's going to be a story every time he tees up now. Absolutely. Um, that that when's the win going to come? And and for me, like I look at someone like Tony Finau, who's ranked I don't know what he's ranked in the top fifteen in the world or, or whatever twenty one million dollars in prize money, uh, represented his country in, in international tournaments, and and he's thirty one years of age now. Like for me personally, like I don't want to see him go out and win the Puerto Rico Open again. Like that won't, in my mind, be good enough for me to sit here and go, oh, Tony Finau's, he's won. How good's this? He's, he's back. Like he should be, he should have won today. Mm. No disrespect to the guys that finished above him on the board, but like he's, 
he was the best golfer in that statistically speaking, if you really want to look at it like that. And from a ranking perspective, he was the best golfer there. There's no way that Siwoo Kim or Cameron Davis or Patrick Cantlay really is better than Tony Fair. And it's just bizarre and absurd that he struggles to find the extra gear when it, when it's needed most. And I, I like the point I'm trying to make is like he, he needs to win a PGA tour event that's a full field that has a strong field in it. And he needs to, needs to start beating someone like a, a JT. Like I know we, you know, we talk about, is there some sort of um, issue with JT and finishing off and, and his ability to win? And I mean, when you compare him to Tony Finau, JT looks like, like he died yeah. woods. <laughs> This is the best say. Looks like Harvey Specter, best closer in the city compared yeah. to compared to Tony Fina. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal, Dreads. One that we will, uh, I wouldn't say keep it close, probably a casual eye on, uh, because we don't necessarily want to continue to rub the wounds in. However, it's concerning, I think, to uh, to to say the least, Dreads. So, who did you else? Who else did you have off the leaderboard? I probably didn't have that much. Um, I mean, look. The golf wasn't overly enthralling apart from the last sort of hour today no, it wasn't. <laughs> across the weekend. No, it wasn't. Um, I've probably only got one that I just want to mention. Uh, sure. Francesco Molinari. Yes, was on my list. <laughs> like T8. Out Where of did nowhere. you come from? <laughs> Francesco. With, almighty. With a double bogey in there too. Um, I thought maybe, gee, I thought, is he going to make a late charge here? And uh, Thank you. And um, and and uh, put your tips. That'll be your second winner off the off the uh, furthest away list to to um, to pull out a win. But uh, Drew, can I just say, yeah, nothing would make me happier in a Ryder Cup year than to be wrong about that. <laughs> nothing would make me happier in a Ryder Cup year than to see Francesco Molinari peaking uh, into his uh, inevitable uh, reunion with Tommy Fleetwood and uh, Mollywood. Well, like no, getting back together, he could be the old. He could have the ultimate like sports science team behind him. Potentially, if, he, if his peak is the Ryder Cup, if he go, if if that's where he's at in his career now, is he says mm. Ryder Cup is the best that I can get. So mm. how do I get there? Well, mm. stuff all the other years, Ryder Cup year. Let's get good. I've got mm. enough money in the bank. Get selected away. You if, go. If that is in fact true, it's his 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 goal. Modus operandi. Uh, might I suggest that you would have been better off peaking at the twenty nineteen Masters. <laughs> However, that's just that's just me. Hey, might I suggest you you probably wouldn't have been best served to shoot the bed in the last four holes. Maybe you didn't know what to do when he got maybe, there. He's never been maybe never been that close to a major. I've got a couple more, Drew, I just want to make quick mention of. Uh, yep. First and foremost, uh, T5 for Doug Gim, Hook'em Horns, a uh, Longhorns okay, alumni, yeah. one of his best finishers on the PGA Tour. So congratulations to Doug Gim there at T5. Um, rolling down uh, the list, T16, Chris Kirk. This is an excellent, excellent story. This is a guy who uh, took... Uh, some time off from the PGA Tour to address um, issues with alcoholism and anxiety um, was given uh, after some um, some strain a medical exemption. Uh, last week, he needed to finish third or better 
at the Sony in Hawaii to keep his card. He finished T2 and has backed that up with a T16. So Chris Kirk has literally seen the depths uh, and seen some very dark places in the last couple of years of his life. Guys um, seemingly can take all sorts of um, performance enhancers on this tour, Drudes, but if you need six months off to, um, you know, to take accountability, own your mistakes and, and address issues with alcohol, you need to jump through 45 different hoops to keep your card on tour. Uh, well, he's given a middle finger to um, Ponavedra headquarters and said, Stuffy, I'm going to go and, and get this because this is what this is my dream and I'm going to chase it. So I just want to say a big congratulations to Chris Kirk. He's an excellent story and one that should be should be celebrated, Drutes. Um a couple of others, Gary Woodland, T16, is a lot better from Gary than what we've seen. He's in there. Yeah, a couple of 70s um, to finish still T16, jump four spots today. Excellent. Uh, Ricky Fowler. Yeah, sorry, there, I, it was one I was going to mention. Jumped 18 spots today to finish T21. Uh, out the gate was pretty standard from Rick with an opening round 73. Uh, yeah. Here we go again, we thought. Uh, 66, 70 and 68 to finish 11 under, obviously yes. uh, 12 strokes back from the winner. But T21, um, he's going to need that and better to qualify in time for the Masters, but that's better signs from Ricky Fowler. Yeah, I agree. And uh, thought he looked good uh, with his uh, with his Puma gear on, mate, which I'm just leading you in here for a, uh, a little read thanks to our sponsors of uh, Cobra Puma Golf. I thought his shoes were excellent. It's an excellent segue, Druids. Of course, you speak about the new Ignite caged crafted footwear, building on the popular crafted collection, encompassing elegance and peak performance from the great team at Cobra Puma. The new caged crafted lineup blends comfort, style, and performance into a premium package that delivers unmatched locked in stability from any liar. The design of the shoe delivers the artistry and look of handmade premium footwear, blended with the celebrated technology of Puma's Ignite caged golf shoes so druids uh, you'll see them on ricky you'll see them on bryson you'll see them on gary woodland and you'll see them on us in the upcoming episode of backspinners yes coming your way like walking on a cloud druids quite easily the very best uh shoes they I've, are, uh, I've they worn. are ultra comfortable yeah incredibly comfortable so that's the puma Ignite Caged Crafted Edition for more information on the entire Puma Golf 2020 footwear collection. You can visit cobrapumagolf.com.au or their social channels at cobrapumagolfau. Thanks to our great friends at Cobra Puma Golf and an outstanding segue from yourself, Drew. <laughs> Just a couple of other names to mention. Max Homer yep. uh, went into the final round very well positioned. Uh, had a four over 76 today to drop 20 places to finish T21. Uh, one of the funniest guys on tour, one of the most popular guys on tour. Uh, would have loved to have seen him do something with today and it seems like the moment got him. It did. Um, he He's one of the most overrated players on the tour. Like, I get... Wow. And it's, but it's all from the personality, right? Like, everyone goes, oh, Max Homer, Max Homer, Max Homer. Like, like he's never... He hasn't done anything. Like, <laughs> I, love, I love him. I think he's a fantastic personality. I think we need more of it. Um, and I don't think that, that you would disagree with that. But Jesus, his golf's been MIA. For, for a long while. I mean, he's 30 years old now, turned pro in, in 2013, has had one career win back in 2019. 
Um, I don't know. I, I just, I just find him to be, he gets more attention than he gets more attention than a guy who's won once on the PGA tour should get. I think that um, is representative of the fact that he shows more personality than almost 95% of the tour. Absolutely. Which Don't disagree. Fans, fans like you, me and everyone who listens to this podcast are screaming out for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, disappointing, disappointing to finish off with the 76 today. I uh, would have would have liked to have seen a lot better from yeah from a guy that I I mean I don't disagree with anything you've said but I really enjoy still watching him play so mm-hmm. would have liked to see more uh, Drew's just a couple of notables to miss the cut this week uh, we spoke about the difficulty of the Pete Dye designed course uh, at La Quinta Scotty Scheffler missed the cut mm-hmm. uh, our mate CT Pan missed the cut Pat Perez missed the cut. Patrick Reed missed the cut. Lanto okay. Griffin missed the cut. Brooks Kepka mm. missed the cut. Uh, Joel Damon missed the cut, as did Aaron Badley. And last week's Kevin winner, Druids, mm. Kevin Nahr, uh, 75-69 to, to finish even and go out the back door after two days. He was very open uh, last week that some courses suit him, others don't. Yeah. Clearly the stadium course was not one of those courses. It wasn't one of those. Phil Mickelson missed. Peter Malnati, he's an interesting cat, Peter Malnati. It's uh, very little, but that's fine. <laughs> that's yeah. fine. Uh, and a quick mention, Druids, of the other Aussies outside. We spoke, obviously, about Cam Davis outright third, Matt Jones, T21, Rain Gibson at T40. So Cam Davis took home, if you don't like, $462,000 US. Uh, but for Matty Jones, still 58500 and Rain Gibson, uh, a tick over 25000 US. So uh, a weekend well worth their time. Correct. Anything else on the PGA Tour before we swing over to our favourite tour? No, Dreads. Let's go to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> well, probably not really our favourite swing on the European Tour, but no. um, it's still, it still um, intrigues me that we have this Middle Eastern swing Odd. on the European Tour. Like, is the irony not lost on anyone else? <laughs> That's where we go. Mm. Anyway. Push on. Uh, for our good friend and one of, I would suggest, one of our favourites, Jewel Hatton, a winner by four shots over Aussie Jason Scrivener. Four very impressive days of golf for Jewel Hatton to win at uh, 18 under and take home a lazy million pounds, if you don't mind. I said, Druids, at the top, he's had uh, a resounding last 12 to 18 months. How's this for a stat? Most official worldwide wins since November of 2019. Dustin Johnson has four. A gentleman by the name of Daniel Van Tonder has won four times on the Sunshine Tour. And Tyrrell Hatton has won four times worldwide since November of 2019. There you go. Unbelievable. And the field that he beat, Droids, was was strong, to say yeah. the least. So oh, he's really? he's not necessarily the longest hitter. He isn't um, the prettiest player with the irons in hand. He doesn't have the best touch around the greens. Uh, and he certainly isn't the greatest putter of the ball. What he is is uber consistent and has control, I think, of all four elements of his game, which he's found a real purple patch, Drew. an incredible purple patch. Yeah, he has. And I think he's, he's probably the most passionate player that you'll you'll see. Someone, uh, I mean, a Ryder Cup pairing of Tyrrell Hatton and John Rahm could be very interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, he, he's very, very passionate, but very consistent at the moment. I, I, I've got a lot of time for Tyrrell Hatton 
Um, I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, but I've got a lot of time for him. I think he's, um, he's very relatable golfer uh, in many I was ways. Just about to say, Dreads, you say you can't put your finger on. I think he's real. Yeah. I think that's what he is. I think he's real. Yeah. Mm. And I Sorry, think that's having a, having a drink of my beer. No, no, please do. <laughs> hey, Tyrrell would too. He, he'd like that. I think he'd appreciate that. You tasting his, his victory. He, yeah, he's just, I, I reckon I could walk past Tyrrell in the street and, and probably not notice. And that's not a criticism. I mean, in many ways, I think it's a compliment. Mm. I think that's, that's what I find so appealing about him is he's so relatable to your point. Mm. Uh, and it's, I think there's something, it's odd because we spent 10 minutes talking about the fact that nice guys finish second and Tony Finau doesn't have a killer instinct. Well, I think Tyrrell, he's got quite a temper, Tyrrell Hatton, don't get me wrong, but he seems like a really good bloke. Easy going, have a bit of a laugh. What sticks with me is, uh, was it last year? He was playing in a tournament and uh, the door of a port slammed in the middle of his backswing and he turned around, it was actually his fiance. Like that's, that's a great story. He almost, he almost flew off the handle. And his better half come out of the portal, though. Like, but that sort of stuff only seems stuff. to happen at Tyrrell Hatton. He's had some good stuff on the player mics, too, where he's hit a shit shot and he's like said to his caddy, have you seen a worse shot than that? And his caddy's kind of like, oh, I don't know. Do I answer this? And he's standing up, <laughs> answer the question. <laughs> what do you want me to say? What do you want no, me to say? I, I, I really like him uh, and played you know, very, very good golf again. Uh, a 66 on Sunday um, is going to be enough to win any tournament. Unfortunately, if you're Jason Scrivener, it's not going to be. But it's, um, it, yeah, a stunning stunning backdrop there in Abu Dhabi. Um, as I said, not our favourite swing. But, uh, yeah, Tyrrell Hatton, um, a winner again because it was only not long ago that he was, uh, he was winning. He won the BMW PGA Championship, I think, not too long ago. He did, Drudes. Let me, let me just illustrate. I talked about his consistency, not necessarily a star in any one of the four elements of his game, but um, not to put too fine a point on it, courtesy of our good friend Justin Ray. Um, I say good friend because if you will it enough, it will, it will happen. Um, Tyrrell Hutton led the field in strokes gained, tee to green and strokes gained approach in his win in Abu Dhabi. He gained 13.37 strokes tee to green for the week. Mm. Just under four more than any other player. Yeah. Just super in control of his game. Very much so. And that's why he won by four shots at 18 under par. <laughs> Over the Scriv. Mm. WA's own Scriv. Yeah. I mean, what a finish. What an unbelievable like, run home. I think today I'm looking at it. He went birdie, 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 par, birdie. In his last five holes, if you take that out, he went birdie par, birdie, birdie, birdie par, birdie in his last seven. Yeah, huge. He hasn't played since he so he retired hurt um, back in Cyprus at the start of November, and then um, in the in the Cyprus Open the week before that he finished T six. So he's had some time off over over the Christmas and New Year break. Has the screw, but. Bloody hell, what a performance. And uh, certainly getting a lot of media attention over here. I was just about to say, surely it's, it's lit up in Western Australia. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I mean, everyone loves a winner, don't they? So, I mean, 
They won't give a shit next week when he misses the cut. So everyone's gone for the file photos of Jason Scriven from a few years ago. Yeah, there's certain journalists on the news. Yes, there's certain journalists over here that you and I both don't have a great affinity for, but uh, who have who were on Twitter (laughs) this morning. I saw posting how good it was, and I was going to tweet back and um, start posing a few questions, but I thought I'd better bite my tongue. Yeah, Um, good call. And not uh, not give them the time of day. But anyway, very very good from Jason Scrivener. Uh, his highest individual finish pockets seven hundred and ten thousand pounds. Which what does that equate to? euros? Yeah, no, euros. Sorry, uh, what does that equate to? One point one point one two million. Yeah, excellent. So fantastic payday for for Scriv. Uh, I might have to reach out to him and see if we can get him on the pod. Uh, he'll be in hot demand now. I'm sure these journalists from Western Australia are reaching out to him as well. But um, yeah, he's. Um, I'm just really pleased for him. He's, he's one of those guys on the European tour. Uh, I mean, obviously we had Lucas Herbert win last year. Minwoo Lee's uh, um, uh, firing on all four cylinders. Well, not this week because he missed the cut, but Scotty Hend and Wade Ormsby and these other guys um, on the on the tour get a lot more attention than what someone like a Jason Scrivener does. Um, and and that's due in part to their, their story, their success. But um, I thought... It was very, very pleasing to see him um, fly home today and, and finish second, um, albeit just uh, Tyrrell Hatton was just too far out in front, wasn't he? Well, I mean, like, I don't think Tyrrell Hatton was going to be run down by anybody today, and that's the position mm-hmm. he put himself in after three rounds, more than the way he played in the final round, albeit very convincing to close out the tournament. But you look at the guys that, that Scriv overcame you know in in like he over ran over the top of fleetwood of cabrera bello of mcelroy who we'll mm. get to in a moment you know other guys around matt wallace paisley cootsie you know your mate are now um, yes there and thereabouts i was just gonna mention adri yeah bazooden hout uh, yeah. ba- Baz- uh, uh, i think it's bazooden hoot just the battery the battery uh one of our favorites uh you know there's a lot of guys there who've We've spoken about um, many times on this podcast that that Scriv overcame. I, I feel like you skipped over it. I think we need, I think we need to go back. Seven hundred and ten thousand euros. How's this? It's more than the total prize money he's won in each of his first four seasons on the European Tour. One tournament. Yeah, seven hundred and ten thousand euros. That's phenomenal. Now you also mentioned that he's had a bit of time off, and he looks a new man. I was very interested to read uh, this quote. He's been working with uh, performance coach Dave Aldred uh, recently, who's also worked with the likes of Johnny Wilkinson, the British Lions, the Springboks, the Brisbane Lions. And other golfers, including uh, Frankie Molinari, Luke Donald, Podrick Harrington. Okay. Uh, he said he's been a game changer. We sat down probably two months before Christmas at the end of my season last year, and he's really helped me a lot and pushed me that extra bit to work harder. Um, you know, he just obviously has gone away and done a bit of work. Those quotes, um, courtesy of our great mate Tony Wiebeck on pga.org.au, uh, who had a chat to Scrib after his win. But to come out, you know, as you said, first start for a while, and today play a back nine. 29. Match Chris DeMarco's low back nine score record on the European Tour. Yes. Like, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Very, very good golf. And I hope he goes on with it now. I hope it gives him the confidence to be able to, whether whether it's a win or whether it's another top five or top 10 or whatever it might be, I hope it gives him 
the confidence and belief that he can um, that he can compete regularly on the European tour. Because um, this is probably going to be the strongest field apart from the the finals at the end of the year. This is probably going to be the strongest field that you're going to get on the European tour with guys like you know uh, JT and and whatnot f- um, flying in, getting huge paychecks just for mm. for showing up. So. Um, yeah, I hope that it gives him the confidence to know that he can absolutely uh, deliver strong performances on uh, on the European Tour. I agree with you wholeheartedly. As you said, Druids, other Aussies in the field, Wade Ormsby, T12, uh, Lucas Herbert, T25, as he heads into uh, his week as the defending champion, Druids, the yes. Dubai Desert Classic. We've Just got both the PGA Tour and the European Tour. We do. Leash, of course, the defending champion on the PGA this week. Um, before we move off the European Tour, briefly, Druids, uh, we all got a little bit excited. Rory McIlroy started the year with a great out-the-blocks performance, only to fizzle away into third, which is saying something. I mean, he finished third at 30 under, and we're saying he's fizzled away, uh, mainly because he was even par today in the final round, um, which is incredibly disappointing. But it's like... I don't know. It's like we don't learn. Mm. We <laughs> hits a couple of good, <laughs> puts a couple of good rounds together to start a year, Druids, and we all get swept up in the romance. He's back, baby. This is it. This is the year. This yeah. is the time. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that absolutely that's what happens. Um, I think the most impressive part that I saw about Rory over the weekend, I can't remember what round it was. It might have even been after the first round that he was talking. He was saying, you know, that the 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 Christmas break kind of came at the wrong time for him because he was starting to put together some you know nice performances and and he was feeling really confident in, in his game and I think I don't know that we've heard Rory sort of talk about his own game and the confidence in his game for quite some time I think it's been um, I think there's been a lot of people you know you and I included that have um, sat here and criticised Rory for his performances despite him playing quite well because of the lofty standards that we hold him to. Mm. Um, so for him to come out and say that he's feeling a lot more confident in his own game is um, potentially a worrying sign for other other players on the tour. Uh, but uh, yeah, 13 under, I think, you know, he, um, he'll, he'll be happy, I guess, with, with a serviceable performance, but he'll also be a little disappointed that he didn't, um, didn't have a, a really red hot crack uh, at the title today. But, uh, I I don't know. I give it a pass mark for Rory for this week. Yeah, look, what I'll say, I think just so you and I can hold each other accountable um, in January of next year, the listeners can smack us over the head in January of next year. Um, let me run this by you. Uh, in in scarily, eerily similar fashion to Tony Finau, Rory McIlroy has now finished in the top five in his first start of the year. 13 times in the last 14 years. There you go. He hasn't won one of them. There you go. Loves a fast start. So let's just catch our breath next year when he's T2 or T1 in his first event of of the year and remember this this seminal moment (laughs) where we stumbled across that start and not get too excited. I I think we just, we like any golf fan, we want to see it. Like... He's one of those handful of players that when he's at his best, golf's better. There's no doubt about that. And I just want to – I'd love to see him win again. Love to see him compete at majors again. And 
yeah, we get caught up, I think, in the romance. And I think we probably just need to give him the space to be him and find his feet as a playing father or that newfound perspective, as they say, Roots. Um, didn't work for me, let me tell you. It's got worse. Yeah, let's uh, we'll give Rory give Rory the space he needs. Anything else on the European tour address? Uh, no, there was just um, uh, there was a guy who finished sixteenth whose name's Nacho. I thought that was worth mentioning. Huge Na- Nacho Nacho Elvira from Spain. Um, my mate Adri Arno Arnois. Yeah. Oh, shit, I don't know. Twelfth, uh, very good. I just did want to mention. Uh, very quickly, because there's a few other things we need to cover off. The players to miss the cut were very interesting this week. Matthew Fitzpatrick missed. Mm. Foxy missed. Minwoo Lee missed. Uh, mm. Graham McDowell. Uh, JT missed. I mean, not that he really cares. Got a massive appearance fee. Um, <laughs> Shane Lowry missed. Shane Lowry. How Tong Lee missed. I think How Tong Lee was actually playing quite well in the opening rounds. He was near the top and then I think the ass fell out. So that's it's good. Bode well for me. Um, right. The Barn Rat, Kiradesh. Yeah. Missed. Yeah. Jorge Campillo missed. Martin Keimer missed. Eduardo Molinari. Ian Poulter had a horrid, horror couple of days. Like there were Post a few. Eddie, did not deliver. Eddie Pepperell missed. Um, Thomas Dietrich. There was a lot of people. Thomas Bjorn. Mm. But, so anyway, I think there was just a lot of interesting names to, to miss the cut. But uh, the big takeaway, obviously, Jason Scrivener, uh, the Aussie finishing T2. Can I also just say very, 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 very briefly before we draw a line through the European Tour this week. Mm. Um, once again, it almost seems like a weekly basis now. Uh, they produced a piece of content which demonstrated how far <laughs> away and above they are uh, ahead of their PGA Tour counterparts. If you haven't seen the Angry Golfers video, um, take four and a half minutes out of your evening and go and look at it. It's absolutely sensational. Um, heavily features this week's winner, Tyrrell Hatton. Um, hosted, I suppose you could say, for want of a better word, by Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, involves Poulter, Stenson, Wallace, uh, Ram, I believe, is that it's, it's it's excellent. It's absolutely excellent, and they are just oh, they just they never miss. Not the Batuta Advocate, they never ever ever miss. Drews. No. no, they don't. Um, and yeah, wonder how that strategic alliance is going. Clearly, hasn't filtered down to the content <laughs> section yet. But anyway, hopefully that department will uh, will will get the tap on the shoulder soon. Where are we going next? LPGA. Uh, LPGA. Jessica Corder. What a win. I mean. First and foremost, hell of a field, tournament of champions on the LPGA. Yep. So it uh, wasn't a deep field in terms of numbers, but you had the best of the best. Mm. Jessica Corder wins uh, on the first playoff hole with a 25-foot putt over Danielle Kang, if you don't mind. Uh, and really, really nice moment. Um, first time she'd ever won in front of her family on the mm. tour. So Greenside was, of course, her younger sister, Nelly, who finished outright third, mm-hmm. as well as her parents. I don't believe the brother Sebastian who plays on the ATP tennis tour, I don't believe he was there. But mum and dad and younger sister Nelly were there greenside. And uh, just the the uh, the composure and I think the mental fortitude Jessica Corder showed to finish that off. I mean, we've spoken a number of times about the form Danielle Kang's been in the last 12 months on the women's tour. She's um, easily been the form player of the last 12 months. Mm which is no main feat on the LPGA Tour. Uh, but, yeah, Jessica Corder showed a lot of, lot of determination to get that job done today. 
and not least of which with that final putt, which was uh, never missing. Went no. through, would have gone through three middles. It was oh, dead centre, wasn't it? Yeah, phenomenal putt from 25 feet. So, yeah, a really, really good tournament across the weekend, Druids, I think. Um, and, you know, we were talking I, – I made, I made mention a little earlier, uh, made a bit of a joke about how hard it is to get into the, uh, the women's uh, Korean Olympic golf team. Well, shit, mate, the American. Mm. You look at that top three, um, the Quarter Sisters and Kang, uh, Brittany Linicum, Lexi Thompson also in the top seven. That's going to be like that if we see Olympics, which is another thing altogether in Tokyo a little later this year. Um, that women's match will be enormous, mm. and Solheim Cup a little later this year. Yeah. Like the Americans are looking stacked, having lost the last Solheim on a walk-off putt in the final hole. Like that American team is in some amount of form going into the Solheim Cup, aren't they? I mean, like. That part obviously on the playoff hole was nerves of steel and it was dead at center. It was never missing you. You're absolutely right. And if people haven't seen it, go and go and look at it. But just, you know, we were talking before about clutch from Siwoo Kim and, and Patty Cantlay getting hot at the right time. Jessica Quarter got to um, 20 under at the uh, at the 12th hole, started with an early bogey today and then uh, ended up one under through the first nine and then got to the 12th hole and then goes birdie birdie par birdie birdie par four under through the last six holes to get herself into a playoff and uh and then go on and beat danielle kang who i'm sure will be kicking herself uh, on the bogey on 15 that she had but um just getting hot at the right time was was jessica quarter um and very, very pleasing to, to see her win. I mean, look, her sister would, was obviously playing very good golf as well. She had a bogey-free, I think it was, might have been seven, eight, eight under, maybe seven under, something like that. Um, so, yeah, uh, a, a bloody awesome product once again. I mean, uh, I think that's the thing we were just talking about on the, the European tour, the product that they deliver. The LPGA delivers again. Um, very very good tournament to watch and um one i did just want to mention was sophia popov as well um mm. finished with a bogey obviously but um yeah played played quite well again and uh of course wonderful story isn't Winning she the uh the, the women's open earlier or earlier this year i was going to say but last year 2020 now droids uh, actually just quickly lpga too they don't play again for a month yeah weird, weird. yeah weird weird um, where if you go next? Feb, I think it's, it's, it starts the next tournament. Strange. It's still in America, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. Very odd. Scheduling. Well, we're close. We're getting closer to the, the next major, the ANA Inspiration. Mm. And uh, at the start of April there, April's going to be stacked with golf. And we've got the Masters, of course. Wow. ANA Inspiration. Wow. Now, you want to go quickly to mention um, what's fast becoming your, your new favourite tour. Um, yeah. But before we do, uh, do need to make mention of our, of our great friends at Future Golf. Uh, mm. Obviously, we're well and truly into golfing season, a beautiful summer all around the country. And if you're keen to begin or continue your golfing journey, for that matter, then Future Golf is the place for you. Australia's largest golfing community for younger players, providing access to some of the country's very best courses. Membership includes free rounds, over 100 discounted green fees at courses around the country, a free professional lesson and ex-golf simulator session. And of course, that all-important golf Australia handicap. The best part though, Druids, 
is the price. 19th T listeners get a huge 20% off any future golf membership with the promo code the 19th T. So if you're looking for a place to play without the jacket and tie, look no further than our great mates at Future Golf. Head to futuregolf.com.au forward slash join and don't forget to use the 19th T promo code for a massive 20% off. Future Golf, play your way. Speaking of playing your way, one man who does that's Darren Clark mm. because he cuts a fine figure these days. Uh, <laughs> does the multiple worldwide winner that big old belly? He certainly plays his way, and it's served him well because he is two wins from as many starts on the Champions Tour, including the weekend. And as I said, Drew, it's fast becoming your favourite tour. Yeah, it is. I just, I just feel like it's so much more relaxed than all the other tours. Uh, it just seems like the boys just hanging out waxing lyrical about yesteryear i mean i none of this is um corroborated this is all just in my head this is what's happening um but yeah two wins in two weeks for, for darren clark out at hawalalai i think i mean i the guy the, the commentators were just rolling it off the tongue and i was trying to have a go at it but uh no good uh, i think it's hawalalai mitsubishi electric championship um yeah it's it's just a fun tour to watch i think uh the standard of golf is still really high there's some absolutely fantastic characters still on there ratif goosen freddie couples bernard langer uh, jim furick kj Choi, ernie Els, mike weir like um there's a lot of guys out there that are that just seem to be um that are obviously real characters guys like john daly and, and all the rest of it but um and bloody outstanding trophy for the mitsubishi electric i don't know if you've seen it marshy but I'll, uh, i haven't mate describe I'll, it to me uh, it is kind of like a fish hook. Um, I think it is a fish hook. Yeah, it's, uh, a wooden fish hook um, on uh, on a uh, on a marble sort of casing. Um, and uh, obviously, Darren's got the the lays all around his neck as well. So I, I love that trophy. That's rating high in my book. And uh, I'll find a post a photo and I'll post it on our Instagram. But that's all I wanted to mention about the PGA Tour champions. Excellent. Well, congratulations to Darren Clark. It is. I mean, we, we laugh. But it is a it's a great little hmm. great little watch on the television if you ever uh, I think if you ever find yourself flicking in between late at night uh, yeah the, the the champions so just to see those guys still going around and to your point to see how much fun yeah. they have and they're off for a month as well yeah <laughs> obviously we just as long as we get the PGA Tour sorted mate that's fine don't worry about don't worry about the ladies don't worry about the old blokes no. let's get the PGA Tour on eh. Yeah. That's the attitude down there at Ponte Vedra. It's good. As long as we get the American Express in. Yeah, as long as we get the cash from the sponsors. Anyway, Druids, um, Mm -hmm. just before we go. Yeah. uh, One for the black book, as they say in racing parlance. Okay. Um, I'm going to butcher this poor kid's name, and I apologize in advance to him. Um, He's 15, so probably not going to have him on for the next couple of years. He will have forgotten by then. Young Queenslander by the name of Kai Komulainen. Okay. Yes, yes, I've, I've seen this story, but describe. How's this for a start? Bearing in mind we are the 25th of January we're recording on, 2021. Young Kai Komulainen has won four times already this year. Four times. Most recently um, was just last week at the Victorian Junior Amateur at the National, Long Island. Mm. Uh, Previous to that, in the first three weeks of the year, he's won the South Australian and Tasmanian Junior Amateurs, uh, as well as the Tasmanian Junior Masters. Had a day out in Tasmania by the sounds of it. 
Uh, he was also runner-up at the South Australian Junior Masters, all inside the first four weeks of the year. So product out of the Emerald Lakes Golf Course down uh, down the coast, Carrara way there. And uh, just mark that name down, Kai Comulane at 15 years of age, four wins on the junior and amateur circuit around the country inside 25 days of 2021. Huge future ahead of this kid, quite obviously. Absolutely. Going to be very good. Very good to have uh, golf happening on Aussie shores. Isn't it? As well. Gippsland Super 6 was on over the weekend. Um, I mean, maybe we can reserve our own thoughts about what Super 6, the format. Um, Yeah, personally, I think we both don't love the format, but it is what it is. Good to see it back. Uh, Marcus Fraser takes home $18,750, beat a Swiss player by the name of Alessandro Naceda. Um, just a, yeah, odd format. I think I think that's the thing that gets us is the stroke play into match play. But very mm. good to see guys, uh, you know, friends of the pod like Daniel Gale and um, uh, Brett Rankin, who is is an upcoming episode. Blake Windred, Dimi Papadatos, Mav Ancliffe, all these sort of guys. Waza, um, I, I, Maddie Miller. There was all of these guys um, who who were. Uh, competing again, which I think they were they were obviously very uh, excited to be getting back um, out on the mm. course. Uh, the upcoming is it the Players Series? Is that what it's called? The Players Series, yeah. Off at uh, Rosebud, I think Rosebud Golf Golf. Yeah. This week. So, I do know, Marshy. I actually haven't told you this, um, but oh, a bit breaking. of a bit of breaking breaking news. Um, well, it's not really breaking news. It, I was I was having a chat to to uh, someone that we've had on the podcast uh, before, and we were talking about. Um, and a Anonymity is important, obviously. Yes, this is Standard very important. Sources. We can't uh, can't tell you who this player was, but uh, and you know he was um, very strong in his thoughts on the uh, on the cancellation of the the major tournaments uh, over the the Australian uh, summer. Um, hence the anonymity. Hence the anonymity. Yeah, there are a lot of expletives uh, in the conversation. <laughs> um, and look, I uh, completely agree with the sentiment. Um, I thought there was, there was an article that was included in a, a player's newsletter type thing that goes out to all the players that basically just said, well, we can't get the money from the sponsors and the field's not good enough um, to, to warrant getting money from sponsors. So um, we're going to cancel it. Uh, so there, there's, um, I think... While on the surface, players might be very pleased to be back out on the course, and uh, I know that some of these um, tournaments that are coming up might seem a little bit Mickey Mouse. They might, uh, they're, they're very, very happy to be back on the course. There is an underlying theme within the ranks of Australian golfers at the moment that is very, very disappointed and angry with the PGA of Australia uh, and the. the and Golf Australia to that to that point as well. So um, I just thought that was important to note at that point um, with the return of golf in Australia. Madrid's because I think we've been saying that for some time now. Uh, I think we've been fairly educated in saying we feel like it would be a sentiment shared by the players. It obviously is. Yeah. You know, we've put that question to a number of guests and they've answered diplomatically, yeah. which we wouldn't expect them to do otherwise it would be career limiting in many many respects but uh yeah understand the conversations that happen um outside of the environment that they're recording published to thousands of people listening yeah <laughs> um some some more honest answers are given and i'm sure people can understand the 
the frustrations. And to be fair, um, irrespective of our thoughts on the the format, I think that's why you and I are so pleased to see it back, is just to mm. see guys who um, we know have have struggled. Um, it's almost been a year. Yeah. Yep, and they deserve their opportunities to go and compete. So it's great to see those guys get that opportunity. Also feels like a great time to mention we continue to have conversations with Golf Australia about having James Sutherland yes. on this podcast. Jumping through um, a few hoops. The new CEO. Uh, to, to be fair, um, they have been accommodating to date. Uh, yeah. It's just about finding a time yeah. that works uh, for uh, mainly for James, obviously, <laughs> but also for the, uh, the, the two co-hosts of this podcast as well. So... Fingers crossed uh, in the not-too-distant future, we will have the new Golf Australia CEO, James Sutherland, joining us. Um, speaking of people joining us, Drudes, uh, some great guests coming up. Uh, Mike, Mike Cocking from OCM um, Golf Architecture will be coming back on. They are getting some, some work, Drudes, mm-hmm. uh, yep. not least of which at Medina, number three, most recently announced, which uh, many people saying the work uh, to be completed there will catapult it back into the conversation as a major venue. So really, really looking forward to having a chat to Mike Cocking for a second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, as you said, Brett Rankin, uh, the Queenslander, will be on very shortly, the 2019 Northern Territory PGA champion. Uh, a boy from your neck of the woods, Jared Felton, yes. uh, will be on, uh, as will Louis Dobler, speaking in neck of the woods, uh, mine this time. Very promising uh, Brisbane amateur uh, placed closely with young Jed Morgan, who's been a guest on this program before. So Louis Dobler also in the coming weeks. Uh, we'll there's some good names coming up. We have to message Jed for a bit of dirt on Louis. Well, Jed's girlfriend. Well, then obviously speak to Jed My and then get back to us via yeah. Instagram. Um, one very other, one very quick thing um, to mention, but also very important as we're talking around uh, Aussie golf. Um, mm. We have it on very good authority that Golf Australia and the PGA of Australia will be making a play for the WGC that has been moved from Mexico. Mm. So we um, asked the question of, uh, of a contact that we have and um, it was pretty blunt was, uh, will, will <laughs> we be making a play? And the text back said, yes. So uh, I think that'll be very be more clear. It Couldn't have be, been more clear. Yeah, well, it'll be very, very interesting to watch. So, uh, the Nine XT podcast breaking a little bit of news, uh, which we don't we don't often do, to be honest. Uh, no. We often uh, actually say more, this is not sixty minutes. No, no, this is absolutely true. Uh, more cool things coming. Uh, more caps. Uh, the Nine XT podcast hats. The, yes. the the blue caps. They are in production as we speak. They will the second run. Don't miss out. Had a lot of disappointed people first time around. We did. We've had. Uh, I think. Well, we've already we've already had a bunch of messages from people wanting them. So there's there's a, a few left. Um, and we're also got t-shirts for the first time so mm. the shirts will be uh will be out once they arrive in my hot little hands here in perth and uh they'll be ready to be distributed who knows when whenever they get here a bit slow getting mailed to perth feel like i'm back in the 60s most isolated capital city in the world mate beautiful part of the country mate <laughs> that's what beautiful we love part wags it wags it's on the it. cards 100 percent. it's on the cards that'll make this podcast even more difficult to record Oh, well, we can say we're an internationally recorded podcast and jump through more barriers, but very good, very big week of, uh, very big week of golf that was. Yes. Um, Don't forget we have, uh, as we mentioned earlier, the, we're in, when it comes uh, to Australian terms, defending champion week, mm, we've got uh, the Farmers Insurance, Mark Leishman, the defending champion on the PGA Tour. We've got the Dubai Desert Classic, Lucas Herbert, the defending champion on the European Tour. So it's defending champion week for the Aussies. 
big weekend of golf to watch uh, as we're looking forward to. We'll be back next week, Drews, uh, in between now and then at the 19th Tee Podcast uh, on the socials. Yes. Uh, don't forget, if you've just dropped in for the first time, um, subscribe, uh, give us a rating, yes. throw a couple of stars up there. Please. Uh, and just give us some feedback. We love the feedback. Uh, yes. Honestly, the feedback has been excellent since the 100th episode. Yeah. We thoroughly enjoyed answering the questions. Um, one of my most enjoyable episodes, I must admit. So um, love incorporating the feedback from our listeners, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, on this program each and every week. That we do. That'll probably do us, Matt. I think so. We will uh, We'll be back in your hot little ears uh, next Monday evening and a little later this week as well uh, with our first uh, interview recorded in this year in, yes. uh, in Jared Felton, which we're looking forward to very much. We'll catch you then.